Hello, witches. It's a Stevie Nicks podcast where we discuss all things Stevie. I'm Melinda. I'm Leslie. Today we'll be talking about Stevie Zoom calls, producers that we like or don't, and a few tracks from Belladonna, Stevie's first solo album. Hello. Hey. Hey, Leslie. Welcome to another uh, podcast where we get to talk about Stevie Nicks for maybe 20 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. The best 20 minutes of your life. I know. (laughs) 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 It's a life goal to just talk about Stevie Nicks for, you know, longer than a few minutes before someone walks away. Right, exactly. And the the only other person I could ever have that length of a conversation with has been you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. You and I were talking the other day about what um, what Stevie's what's going on with Stevie in the pandemic, and I think right. we know she's probably hanging out at her house. She's listening to way too much Harry Styles, uh. um, <laughs> and she's um, seems to be working on something with Dave Stewart. I do remember there being some comment that Dave Stewart made about um, having to go through Karen to talk to Stevie. So I'm not sure if. Karen is her assistant, for those who don't know, and I think assistant's the correct word, like integral partner, I would say. But yeah, so I don't know, like, if they're, are they, would Stevie Nicks do a Zoom call? Like, I can't really see Stevie in a Zoom call meeting. Um, No, I can't. I, I just can't see how there could be enough technical uh, augmentations needed for such uh, an endeavor. I mean, think of the lighting. You know, right? I've never seen Stevie Nicks without like this halo of backlit hair, right? (laughs) A a big fan, right? Oh, she would need a fan, yes. Yeah, blowing her hair, right? And what about the treadmill? Okay. There's got to, you know, (laughs) she's got to be clomping along, you know, you got to keep it moving, you know? So I don't see how Stevie can be contained in a mere Zoom call. That's just how I'm seeing it. That's correct. It would never I think work. That's correct. No, yeah. and Dave Stewart can just keep talking to Karen. As far as I'm concerned, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. need to talk to Stevie anymore. <laughs> I uh, I I think whatever um, you know, I would like to hear some new songs from Stevie if she has them. I think that would be great in whatever format. Even if Dave Stewart got hold of them. Well, <laughs> you, I'm not <laughs> sure what you have against Dave Stewart, really. He's he is a I think I think he made her songs very crafted, mm-hmm. which for me I I have to say I don't love that much. Although I really do like uh, Dave Stewart and and the work that he's done. Oh yeah. Um, but I don't know. I probably I mean um, that song "Cheaper Than Free" is very crafty. You know, mm-hmm. it's a very well crafted song. Um, I prefer probably Stevie's music, not as well crafted. Oh, no, yeah. no. Right. No, absolutely not. I don't like to see her actually just kind of funneled into a, a pop machine and then, you know, you know, die cut into verse, chorus, verse, you know. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't I, go that far, but I don't think well, that's what Dave Seward did. But Yeah, that's yeah. And I like I like to see her. I like to see her thoughts kind of, I don't know, just kind of. 
almost like a gardener with a, you know, a plant, you know, it's like, it's going to grow this way and I can kind of trim it here, trim it there, but it's still going to be, you know, this Venus flytrap or whatever, (laughs) you know, I, I, I would just, I think the ideal producer for Stevie recognizes that you're just merely going to prune this, this growth. You're not going to turn it into anything else. You know? (laughs) So I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. I think uh, Cheryl Crow did a really good job uh, on Trouble in Mm Shangri-La. I love that album. There's not too many people um, who later in their career um, put out an album like Trouble in Shangri-La. For whatever reason, people seem to have their like really great songwriting times and producing times and playing times in their, you know, twenties to Mm thirties in general. It just in general seems like that. But, you know, Stevie definitely put out like, Trouble Shangri-La was great. Mm-hmm, it really was. Well, you know, she also has this massive stockpile of of stuff that she, she wrote does, yeah. a long time ago. I mean, yeah. like the, the Sorcerer, for example. I mean, there yes, are demos from song. the yeah, a very old song, Buckingham Nicks, um, yeah. demos, and uh, she's just been stockpiling them. So, and just waiting for the right producer. And I thought Cheryl Crow was a fantastic producer for her because she's clearly a fan, you know, and Stevie's fans know that this quality that she has, not from a record producer standpoint, not from an industry standpoint, but from a true appreciator of, of what, she, you know, her, her unique qualities. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's, I think that's why. And uh, I happen to be a fan of hers. And so are you, so we should definitely, be next in line. We should produce her next yeah. album. <laughs> I absolutely believe that that would be a fantastic endeavor for everyone. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then I could get on the on the podcast and badmouth you, man. Melinda just did not produce it correctly. <laughs> I know. Oh, what the hell was up with that sh- sh- shit mix that Melinda had going? <laughs> yeah. <there? laughs> they legalized marijuana in Illinois, and it shows. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm personally happy uh, that she's hopefully working on something with Dave Stewart. We'll see if something comes out of that. Um, she's at home all the time, I'm guessing, so she's yeah, probably she has be. some time to write. Yeah, she better be. And um, I also heard she was working on the Rhiannon movie as well <laughs> during this time, which I'm a little iffy on. Um, I mean, I just want to see her do music. I don't, I don't, for me, I don't really need a movie. I can't even wrap my head around what kind of movie either. that would be. I'm exactly. imagining, you know, maybe it will be like some sort of twilight light. I mm-hmm. don't, you know, riding that wave. I don't I know. Think you're right. but it, it, yeah, it, it makes me shudder inside to think about such a thing. Mm-mm. We will see. I, like mm-hmm. I said, I would just like, can you just do music? <laughs> right. But, um, but whatever makes her happy. Um, the other thing that we, uh, well, I, I forwarded you that I saw the other day from February, an article about how they shot one scene of Pil- Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It was a dance scene, or they rehearsed it anyway. Rehearsed it, um, yeah. In, yeah, inside Stevie's house in Arizona because she has a full ballet studio. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. had used her space to to record this huge dance scene, which they ended up not going forward with and not making the mm-hmm. cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Well, uh, what killed me about that interview was uh, 
how uh, they said, well, Stevie Nicks has this full ballet studio for some reason. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> man, no, no, there is definitely a reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> Like, you just don't know, man. Yeah. (laughs) There's certainly a reason. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's all the CV news that we have, that we know of. So let's talk about Belladonna. What we want to do in these podcasts is definitely talk about all the songs of Stevie's. (laughs) We will get to them all eventually. But um, Mm -hmm. we want to embark on a a tour through Belladonna, the Mm -hmm. album Belladonna. And uh, we'll probably only get through maybe one or two songs per podcast because I think we pro- both have a lot to say about all the songs. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, Belladonna. Uh, did you happen to know that originally it was um, the name Belladonna was just one word, Belladonna, and mm-hmm. I guess her PR or somebody was a little bit too worried about it, referencing the poisonous Belladonna that they mm. made her put it into two different to make it two words. I didn't know that. Yeah, I read that somewhere. Yeah, I, I know that, that, that she was uh, very cognizant of kind of the the background of that that herb and and how it could cause death, but yet women used it to beautify uh, their eyes. It actually dilated their pupils. This is well before <laughs> LSD. Uh, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, she actually felt like that was a good title. And, um, and it's also the, the concept of Belladonna is tied into kind of a, a, a personal rediscovery uh, yeah. after after uh, a long and hectic life uh, and seeing how it had worn her down and robbed her of her of her beauty in a number in a number of ways and uh, I thought it was a great title but I can see I could see the 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 wisdom of putting the space in there just the same because yeah. it sounds like poison and my I'm sure if my mom saw me holding that record at the Kmart she'd be like no uh, you can't have that record. <laughs> that sounds dangerous. So wisely, wisely chosen. And uh, speaking of the, let's talk about the album cover first. This is a pretty much iconic album cover. Um, a 1981 uh, Rolling Stone interview described the cover as um, a greeting card from the Good Witch of the North, <laughs> which is pretty cool. I think, mean, yeah, that's like about it. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Stevie standing there in in white whatever that is a white dress mm-hmm. white uh something white gossamer holding a what i'm guessing is a dove no it's a parrot it right now. yeah it's a it parrot. is a parrot okay it is i don't a know parrot. anything about birds i just want to say i, I hate birds, birds but i i i <laughs> <laughs> i make it i make it my my business to know my enemies and uh that is a parrot but yes <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that makes it a little weird now that I know it's a parrot. But um, yeah, just like so, the white winged parrot. Yeah, caca, caca. <laughs> uh, so she's holding a parrot, and there's a tambourine somewhere, flowers somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's very on the floor. Yeah, yeah. It's very. Um, I don't know. It's sort of dark, but yeah, it's 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 definitely. I don't know. It appealed to me back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I read where she actually ch- 
those are deliberate choices on her part. It's actually yeah. a, a negative, a photo negative of the rumors cover where she was wearing black. And, yes. um, yeah. and then uh, there's the crystal ball also there in the, in the photo that kind of reiterates that connection right there. You know, that she is saying, this is the anti-rumors. This isn't about me and all these other people causing drama. This is just me and my drama. And yeah. and, and Kaka, a parrot. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this was for her, for those who don't know. Um, I feel like, Melinda, we're constantly straddling the line between doing a podcast for people who really know Stevie Nicks and people mm-hmm. who really, and don't. So I'm not right. sure um you know exactly what to do but this is her first solo album after being a fluid mac for mm-hmm. um what was it six years i think six um, yeah uh and yeah lots of pressure on her and one of the things i remember hearing about was back in the day um when stevie nicks was uh in her very was in fritz was in like her first band with Lindsay, like first real band people thought that she could mm-hmm. never carry it by herself because her voice was so different. There were people who said that she was more mm-hmm. of a background singer or had to be part of a duo, but could never with her voice mm-hmm. carry anything on her own. And so Belladonna was really like setting out to do that album was scary. You're seriously going to sink or swim as an artist at that moment, leaving, mm-hmm. not leaving, mm-hmm. but stepping out of a very successful band to do your own thing with what had to be in the back of her head were those people from a while back, maybe saying, Oh yeah. Uh, you can't really do that on your own. You know, your voice is too different. Mm-hmm. It needs other voices. Well, additionally, I mean, you think of the pressure too, of having come from this mega, you know, selling band with the, with the best selling yeah. album, I think probably of, of recent history. And then having the pressure of being a representative of that band, and and she was cognizant of that too, uh, thinking, oh, if I come out with a crap album, it's going to make Fleetwood Mac look bad. But on the other hand, if my rec- record doesn't do well, then you know, would they be petty enough to just be kind of like, ha, here you're stuck, yes. you know? <laughs> uh, and 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 you know, of course, we know Lindsay, her yeah, he would have been, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. Uh, (laughs) he would have been the queen of that scene Uh, so but yeah that was an unbelievable pressure Uh, but uh, the confidence you know she she, she, come on she has written a stockpile of great songs and she knew it yeah you know yeah and she's always had confidence you know just all, all along if you look down the line it seems like she's just always known what she's wanted and always had had a confidence in a way that I think especially a lot of women don't you know, especially that's women her of her really generation, too, exactly. I think, you know, this yeah. was at the time when, you know, the feminist movement was still just kind of a burgeoning thing. This wasn't something that was an over and done with kind of thing at all. This was a, yeah. a, a, a movement clawing forward. And, you know, she happened to be coexistent with that. And, you know, you, you know, you and I, Gen Xers, can look back on that time and, and kind of use that as a touchstone to the steps that we have personally taken. But at the time for her, I mean, she had her mom who was just, you know, as a housewife, probably. I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, you know. Yes, and, and, I don't believe she worked. Yeah. And and uh, so, yeah, she's doesn't have a whole lot. Home. Let me correct that. 
Okay, right. Exactly. Right, it did not work. work out. No, there is not. That is not nothing yeah, for no. sure. As a parent of two children, yes. I can concur. That's a hell of a job. And uh, but yeah, I it, to, to just look back on all of this and just see herself as kind of alone in this somewhat. You know, there were people like Janis Joplin out there, but they were also dead. Billie Holiday, yeah. dead, you know, so yeah, it's quite a precipice to find oneself out on. And I think in the first lines of Belladonna, where she talks about, you know, you're swinging from a tramp, uh, trappy, scaring all the people, you know, in a sense, that's what she was doing going out there as a solo artist. But you'll never scare me. That's right. Yeah. you know stevie's songs are conversational too you know a lot of times when i listen to these songs i feel like she's talking back there are two people talking back and forth within these songs totally it's yeah there's so many um yeah well let's talk about uh the first song on the album belladonna that's one of my favorite songs uh when i saw her do it live for the first time on this last solo tour i I, it was just so great it was Mm. so great to hear that live Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the song is definitely about, you know, her, I believe definitely oh, yeah. having some issues trying to go out on her own. And, and there's a, there's a darkness that's seeping in mm-hmm. that she mm-hmm. is weary of, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, uh, there, the, the element of fear and danger are very much present and, uh, that can be any number of things from being a solo artist on her own to being a a member of a successful band with an insane tour schedule and actually not uh, indulging in what we now know as self-care, which, (laughs) you know, would (laughs) deplete deplete her in many ways, creatively and physically or health. So yeah, that, that, that very first track acknowledges all those dangers. And it is very much a very brave song in so many ways. But I will say when I first heard it, you know, I'm coming from having heard the hits on the White Album and uh, rumors, the, the rhyme scheme of phony and pony instantly turned me off. Oh, really? I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, phony and pony, you got to be kidding me. You know, <laughs> no. Absolutely not unacceptable. What is this? But of course, <laughs> of course, she's earned my respect from. But, but yes. there at first, that was that 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 moment. Really, as a trapeze artist, she almost missed the bar there for me. She totally caught it. <laughs> you know? I'm like, oh, oh, what's that rhyme scheme? Oh, mm. you know. And then she just totally recovered from it. Yeah, that's the thing I love about that song is well, everything, the harmonies. But I also love, you know, it's funny, the song um, Belladonna, Coming Out of the Darkness. Mm-hmm. She sings that. And I wish I could, we could play these songs, but we might get sued for a lot of money. And I just don't have that much money, even a second of it. So um, I, hopefully we can maybe play some at some point. But um, go listen to the song Belladonna. <laughs> but they come out. <laughs> the song to me is very dark. Like, actually, the entire album to me is like... Um, it's it's like 11 o'clock at night and it's yeah, summer and it's warm and lots of um, candles candles maybe city lights in the distance mm-hmm. it's it's just a very nighttime um album and mm-hmm. belladonna you know definitely 
and also the the um, I just love the steel guitar in Belladonna. Mm-hmm. Like the whole mm-hmm. album follows through with that steel guitar and and just that same sound, which mm-hmm. is which I love. I love an entire album that has sort of a music concept, a kind of a unity of of yeah. musical tones, right? And yeah, I exactly that uh, the producer. Jimmy Iovine, I said Iovine, Iovine, Iovineski. I no, don't know. I know. I can't no. even say it. Jimmy Iovine. I know. Iovine. Okay. <laughs> Iodine. No. No. It's uh, Jim- <laughs> okay. He he deliberately set out to do that. Uh, oh yeah. He did. Uh, he recognized that Stevie came from a solid band with a solid sound, and that uh, uh, complimented her. And I, he, I, he sought out the best musicians for her. Of course, they were in love at the time. Um, and uh, he got her the best of the best. Um, and uh, yeah, there's that consistent musical tone. And, and that's something that I think that really killed me at the, towards the later run of her solo albums, where we had different producers with different sounds yeah. and keep jumping around. And, you know, I really did appreciate that, that, that consistency of of tone sounded like a real band backing her up and the the um the harmonies with her backup singers uh lauren sharon are great on this album and they're Mm -hmm. up front a little bit more i think than they are in a lot of the other albums Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah they they sat and rehearsed those songs again and again and again and again yeah. uh, and they did uh, they recorded them live all three of them together um and it shows it's got that that great that it just feels live it feels organic it feels natural and those three voices blended beautifully um especially on that opening track um it's just gorgeous yeah belladonna mm-hmm yeah, I I um I couldn't listen to Belladonna for like ten years. What? Why? Uh, yeah, I why? Like, uh, you know, one day right after high school, um, my friend Chris and I were sitting in my bedroom because I live with my parents still, and we were getting we were smoking weed because that's what I did <laughs> back then. And I've been feeling weird all day, and uh, so I was like, well, let me just smoke more weed. Uh, so we sat. <laughs> that's and always the weed, answer. And I started feeling even weirder. Uh, and, 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 and then I was like, well, let me say more. Like, Chris, it's my friend. Chris is like, wait, is it, are you okay? Is there something in this? He's like, I'm fine. You know? And uh, mm. then my heart started just slamming in my chest. And so I was like, okay, this is not okay. And everything started looking not real. Oh. And so, so I was like, I, I told Chris, I was like, um, I, I've listened to Stevie Nicks because that's, that was my go-to right, to of like course. center myself. And so I, ju- I jumped up, you know, turned the turntable on, uh, put my headphones on and started listening to Belladonna. And then it started the speaking the words of the devil at you, right? No, no, <laughs> but I, the, it didn't, what I know now is I just had my first anxiety attack. Oh. I didn't know what the hell that was. All oh. I knew was that nothing looked the same. I felt unreal. My heart uh-huh. was pounding. And uh-huh. so it like melded the Belladonna song with my anxiety. Mm. Mm. And I threw off the headphones after about two minutes and went for a walk in and calmed down. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. it just like melded it those two it. together. It so I could not it. listen to Belladonna for about 10 years. Oh my and then God. One day I was like, You're, I'm going to listen to this song. 
I'm just going to so do would it. You just like, would you just like pick up the needle and just skip to kind of woman then instead of the time? Or what did I, I think mean, I had a consent the at whole- that point. Okay, yeah. so you fast forwarded. Oh, how yeah. arduous. <laughs> so I'm glad to be back in good standing with Belladonna. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also never listen to songs that you like when you're going through a terrifying moment and also don't just continue to smoke weed when you don't feel good. I would say those two things. <laughs> you waste a lot of weed that way, Leslie. <laughs> well, Come I on. thought, you know, it's supposed to like calm you down, right? <laughs> don't oh, also don't have your first anxiety attack while you're high. Oh, because well, yeah. it's not good. <laughs> it's even weirder. <laughs> it will even turn your favorite rock star against you. Exactly. At least the one song. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we are reunited. Me and Belladonna are reunited. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. And I would never, ever listen to Stevie during a severely terrible time no, ever again. No, I actually know exactly what you mean by that. Like when things are going bad, you know, I'm not going to to take these great things and and like pollute them with the association of whatever bad thing is happening. It's like yeah. the last thing I want to listen to during a bad time is something I love that much. It's just not, it's going to taint it. So yeah. yeah. And, and for many, for lots of reasons, like I would not listen to these records because I was having a bad time. You know, I wanted to keep them sacred, you know, yeah. and yeah, but yeah. Wow. 10 whole years. That's amazing. Um, so Anything else we want to uh, talk about Belladonna before we move on to the next yeah. one? You know what? Okay. Um, yeah, I think that Belladonna is one of the songs that Stevie Nicks has written, which is quintessentially Stevie. I can't actually think of anybody doing a cover of Belladonna. Can you? Yeah. I mean, this is such a personal thing. And many of her songs yeah. are very personal. But in, in addition to that, there's the the imagery that we all know is uniquely Stevie, you know, the the you know, the kind of witchy stuff and uh it's all over the place with that song. So I, I've kind of started thinking about this song as being one of those songs which are just total and utter Stevie. And and then kind of thinking about other songs that she's written which could conceivably be covered by other people uh, because they, they have more of a, I'm not going to say generic, but a more universal type appeal. Um, yeah. And I feel like the next song that we're going to talk about, which is kind of woman is actually more along those lines as uh, as a song where you're not hearing about, uh, you know, white wing doves. You're not hearing about the moon. You're not, you know, we're hearing, we're hearing a, 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 a love triangle kind of song, uh, which a lot of people could uh, relate to and possibly be covered by other people. So I, you know, I've been thinking about this kind of this, these two extremes between, you know, Stevie Max and just, Stevie Light, if and that's not even the right word for it. I see these two songs occupying two ends of a spectrum. Odd thing is, I've Googled both of those songs for cover versions, neither of which have been covered by anyone. 
which amazes me because yeah. Kind of Woman is actually a pretty coverable song. I uh, decided to just pick up my guitar and learn the chords. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is super easy to play. It is, and it's yeah. so satisfying to sing. And And this song is a great love triangle song. Why the hell is nobody covering this? I don't know. But I see these two songs being like, you know, from a, from a scale from Belladonna to Kind of Woman where a Stevie Nicks song might fall. But again, the whole idea is kind of shot out by the fact that no one has covered Kind of Woman, at least not yet. So yeah, Kind of Woman, first of all, um, I just also want to say, I think the album Belladonna, I love how the songs are positioned in the mm -hmm. album. You know, mm -hmm. it's not a really a big thing anymore because of Spotify and and everyone listens to this song and then that song and they choose their own yeah. playlist. But back in the day, song order was sort of a big deal. And I love the song order of this. Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, Kind of Woman. Yeah, it's grittier. I, I really like it's the song grittier. Too. It is grittier. It's even darker. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I feel like it's Stevie being a bad girl a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, there's anger in that song. It's pretty clear. Yeah, you don't hear Stevie getting angry too much, and uh, but yeah, I I feel as though this this song is something that taps into a, a more universal feeling of betrayal and anger. And, and she does. Uh, yeah. I was just gonna say she does a few things. Like I, I love that song vocally for Stevie because she does a <laughs> lot of she does a lot of Stevie things in there. Like one thing I noticed that she does is she does a lot of this like really sort of low guttural like kind of woman that'll haunt you and mm -hmm. then the heaven part is just very bright and like open like mm -hmm. airy mm -hmm. like heaven. true yeah like, she does right. that a like lot. a silkier tone like a sparklier tone right mm -hmm. yeah and, it, yeah and it doesn't sound like anything big happened but when you but it's actually sort of dramatic <laughs> Like it to, is to be singing so low and then just be very airy and open in the same phrase. Mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. something that she's very successful at doing. Oh, oh, absolutely. And I think that that's, that's easily illustrated by the line that, that says you didn't mean to meet her. You cry. And then she goes, Oh, but the sun goes down. And then she goes, every, every night. night. <laughs> <laughs> She's so pissed, you know, yeah. <laughs> very dramatic delivery on that. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, you can certainly get a sense of almost an actress within this acting out oh, yeah. the various, the mood of that song. Uh, but yeah, the, the minor, the minor chords, you know, it, it, it kind of, it's interesting though, because, you know, this is actually a really pissed off song, but it's actually just the, the it's not like a ballad or anything, but it's deceptively, it starts off very gently yeah. with these chords, yeah. you know, and everything. And then she turns around and like kicks the guy's ass. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a beautiful song and it's powerful. And uh, yes, it matters to me. Uh, for those of you who know those lyrics obsessively, like Leslie and I do. So yeah, it should be covered though. I, I like hear this. I'm like, who could do this song? You know, everybody's done landslide and all of this. I'm like, this song is sitting there. <laughs> 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 Probably, actually. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It, it could have been on something like Lemonade, but you know. Anyway, um, so yeah. Thanks for listening to Hello Witches. It's a Stevie Nicks podcast. Next week, we will continue to talk more about Belladonna and any Stevie-related news. Also, 
I think you want to see the re- recreation that Melinda did of the Belladonna album cover. That is on our Instagram at Hello Witches Podcast. I'm very proud of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it was the anniversary of the Wild Heart album. And uh, I really felt motivated to recreate the the Belladonna cover because there's only one person to recreate there as opposed to the three on the Wild Heart album. Uh, but um, yeah, I uh, got this candle. Uh, of a, I actually own a parrot candle. And I took some paper towels and I made them, I dampened them. And they created this this beautiful vision of gossamer on my arm. Uh, so yes, I put a lot into that. Uh, so don't miss it. Yeah, so check that out on our Hello Witches <laughs> podcast in- Instagram account. <laughs> and also if you uh, want to contact us, we are at hellowitchespodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.